good evening, good evening, good evening, and welcome to Ignite Depot. My name is Neil Jones. I want to thank you for joining us today. My name is Neil Jones. I'm the senior leader here at Ignite Depot, and I want to thank you for joining us for a right now word, a word in due season, a word that will ultimately change your life forever. So we're going to jump right into the word tonight. So if this is your very first time joining us, we want to welcome you to the broadcast. If you're returned, uh, listener, you are your return uh, viewer. We want to have you share this message, like it, uh, comment on it in Jesus' name, and just get ready to receive a word. I know if you have ears to hear and your heart is open, ready to receive, and your eyes are open to see the things of God, I guarantee you it's going to change your life forever. Now, I don't know about you, as you can see, man, this is this is the opening weekend for college football in the United States and also for the NFL. So I'm pumped and I'm ready to go. So we're going to jump right into the word in the name of Jesus. Now, we make this declaration each week in accordance to Isaiah 61 and 1. And it says this, it says that the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captive and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the avengers of our God and to comfort all who mourn. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they shall build the waste cities, and they shall restore the waste places, and they shall restore the desolation, the desolation of many generations. Father, we give you the glory, the honor, and praise in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father God, for this time of your word. We thank you, Father God, that our preaching and teaching will not be with Tyson words of man's wisdom, but let it be in demonstration of spirit and power, that the faith of the people lie not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the Most High God. Father God, I decrease that you may increase all of you and none of me. Father God, let my tongue be the pen of a ready writing, writing the very oracles of your word upon the tablets of their hearts. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I covenant with you for miracles, signs, wonders, manifestations of the gifts of the Holy Spirit as you see fit. I covenant with you for it now. And Holy Spirit, move in this service. Move across these airways. Move in the lives of everyone who will hear this word, everyone who will see this word, everyone who, who's ready to receive that word that will ultimately change their life forever. And I thank you for it in advance. In Jesus' name, let us all say amen. Now, we've been, you know, in a, in a series over for the last, I would say, last three or four months. So if this is your very first time joining us, I would like to welcome you to go back to listen to the broadcast. You can go back to our, we have a podcast called Ignite to Life Podcast. That's Ignite to Life Podcast where you can scan the QR code or you can just look it up on uh, online and you'll be able to find it. It's, it's across multiple platforms. And what it does is it helps you to understand how we got to the point that we're at. You know, it's kind of like when you're building a house, you start from scratch and you build the foundation and then you begin to put up the walls, the windows, and the doors. It's no different than when it comes to a series, whenever someone is teaching on a series. Now, this message is actually one that God gave me earlier today. And I already had some framework up, but then he changed it up. And this is what it came out to be. If I was to give this message a title, it would be called The Practical Points of Prayers, I've Got a New Attitude. Say that, say that to turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I've got a new attitude. Turn to somebody else and say, neighbor, 
I've got a new attitude. And then point to yourself and say, hey, you, I have a new attitude. I got a new attitude. Why would you call it a new attitude? Well, when as you go along in this message tonight, I want you to make sure that you have a pencil, a pen, a piece of paper, an iPad, a droid, whatever you need to be able to take some notes, or you can go back and, and listen to this message again, again, because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, so that you will understand why God says, I have, once you hear this message, you will have a new attitude. It all started, what is what he said? He says, Milton, my people are destroyed, or my people lack knowledge. He says, and according to Hosea chapter 4 and 6, it says, my people are being are destroyed for their lack of knowledge or my people are being destroyed for the some people will call it they have they don't have knowledge but he goes on to say he says they're being destroyed for their lack of knowledge not because knowledge was not available to them he says but because they have rejected the knowledge see he's made the knowledge available to them but the people made a decision they're, they're going they have rejected the knowledge and he also says i goes on to say he says i also will reject you from being priests now when jesus when the father is talking here he's talking to people who are who are priests who are who are supposed to be leaders in in the church at the point of time he says my people are being destroyed my people are being taken out my people are being hurt because of their lack of knowledge and it's because you talk about the those who are in, a, in authority have begun to reject the knowledge and even the people themselves have begun to reject the knowledge and he goes on to say, and he said this to me uh, early tonight, just before we began to go on the broadcast. He says, Milton, he says, the issue is, he says, people, when they hear the word of God, when they listen to a podcast, when they watch it online, even when they come into church, he says, they have what's known as confirmation bias. He says they have confirmation bias. And he says, and what, what does it mean to someone to have confirmation bias? He says confirmation bias is this. He says people's tendency to process information by looking for an interpretation, information that is consistent with their existing beliefs. He says so when people look for podcasts, when they're looking for uh, uh sermons, when they're looking for churches to attend, when they're looking for people to be able to follow him, they're looking for people who already possess uh, uh, interpretations or informations that is consistent with their own existing beliefs. He goes on to say, says, now this biased approach to decision making is largely unintentional. He says, and, and it results in a person ignoring information that's inconsistent with their with their beliefs. He says, so when people, if they have confirmation bias, when they hear a word, when they talk, when you're talking about the practical points of prayer, they already believe, they already have an understanding, or they have information or an interpretation of what prayer is supposed to be based off of what it is that they've already heard. So when they hear anything else that does not already coincide with what it is they already believe, they automatically reject it. And it says, ah, that can't be because that's not what I already believe. But how many people know we could all be wrong? It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he says, we know in part, we prophesy in part. So you only know in part. All of us only know a part. None of us know it all. 
He's, that's why we're called the body of Christ. So, cause you might have a piece and I might have a piece and this person might have a piece, but when we all come together, we all put together the whole pie. So that's why it's so that you can't, you can't just write people off. If I hear something that does not necessarily line up cause we all have confirmation biases. When I hear something that doesn't line up with something that I already believe, I don't just write it off. I take it, I go look it up. If somebody says something that's like, mm, I don't know about that. I'll go look it up. And when I look it up, guess what? They might be wrong. I might be wrong. We both might be wrong. Guess what we do? But when we come together and we lay aside our own biases to that information, we can all come out with something beautiful. And that's what he said to me from the very beginning. Just before we came on, he says, the people have confirmation bias. They're, at, they're looking. They have a process of 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 information, they process information looking for interpretations or information that is already consistent with their existing belief is, beliefs. And as a result of it, they're like, uh, have you ever seen a, gone to a fair, a, a county fair and seen like a, 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 a pony that's tied to one of those rails? And even if nobody tells that pony to go, it just goes around in circles over and over again. Why? Because it's already locked into a pattern, a way of thinking that we always go this same way over and over and over again. And he says that's actually what's happening when you're talking about prayer in the lives of people right now. Now, some examples of confirmation bias is when you're, you know, you do selective searches or you, you have selective interpretations or you might have selective recalls you know i say that about sometimes with when couples with husbands and why we call it a selective hearing you hear some things but you don't hear all the things but when you have confirmation bias the danger about confirmation bias is if you if you only yield to things that you already believe you can be, be believing a lie and even when somebody tries to present the truth to you you will disregard and say eh i don't perceive that because that's not what i already believe but that is just the opening part where he says, I want you to tell them that when you're talking about people are have a lack of knowledge, the reason why they have a lack of knowledge is because they have confirmation biases. And when they have a confirmation bias, they will only look for stuff, search for things that already lines up with their existing thoughts and knowledge and interpretation are their own beliefs of something that they already believe. Now, why is that all important? Because this whole series came about when you're talking about, you know, teach. he came about. He says, Milton, I want you to teach my people to pray. He says, when we say, Lord, teach me to pray. He says, Milton, I want you to teach my people to pray. He says, because my people are failing and are, are not having a success in their prayers because they have confirmation biases about what they believe prayer is supposed to be about, but it's not like that at all. So they're praying, now I lay me down to sleep. I, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. He says, or they're just saying the same prayer over and over. You know, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth just like it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debt as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. But thou in the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless me, Boo Boo, Quita, Shay Shay, Quita, all those. Amen. And they walk out the door. But that's not prayer. Jesus, in fact, said that's only a model of prayer. 
That's not prayer. He says, that is just you reciting or you're rehearsing. And guess what? You could act, actually rehearse uh, that prayer and have no faith in it whatsoever. You're only saying it because you know that that's what you was taught, what you're supposed to do. Now, why is this called, you know, I've got a new attitude? Because God says, I'm Tonight, I want you through the practical points of prayer, teach people to have so they can have confidence and boldness when they come into prayer. Because if you don't have confidence and boldness to prayer, when you come in prayer, you're going to believe, hey, when I pray, I don't know if God heard me. I don't know if I if, 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 if what I'm praying is in line with his will. I don't know if, if this is what he wants for my life. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He says, but we're going to fix all that tonight. Now, one of the first thing, if I was to ask you a question, what is the most important scripture in the Bible? What would you say? If I was to ask you, what was the most important scripture in the Bible? Some people would say, you know, the most important scripture is going to be, you know, John 3, 16, God so loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. Other people will say, you know, the most important scripture is by grace, I would say through faith. Other people will say the most important uh, scripture in the Bible is that God loves me. But the most important scripture in the Bible is this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and I'm reading out the Amplified and it says this. It says... In the beginning, God prepared, formed, fashioned, and created the heavens and the earth. Who did it? In the beginning, God created and formed and fashioned and prepared and created the heavens and the earth. Why do you say that's the most important scripture? Well, the reason why we say that's the most important scripture is because if you don't believe that God Jehovah God was the one who formed, prepared, and fashioned and created the heavens and the earth. You won't believe everything that's after that. Everything starts with, do you believe Genesis 1 and 1? Because if you don't believe Genesis 1 and 1, you won't believe Genesis 1 and 2. You won't believe John 3, 16. You won't believe uh, Galatia, uh, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. You won't believe any of those things if you don't believe that God, Jehovah God, was the one who prepared, formed, fashioned, and created all things. Why is that important? Because when you come to prayer, you got to understand who are you talking to? When you come to prayer, you got to understand who are you talking to? It says this in Matthew chapter six, verse number six. I'm reading out of the Passion Translation. It says this, it says, but whenever you pray, he says, go into your innermost chamber and be alone with Father God. Pray to him in secret. So you're not praying to Mary. You're not praying to Buddha. You're not praying to Allah. You're not praying to anything. When you pray, you're coming into your, to your secret place and you're alone with the father. And what you're, you're praying to him in secret and your father who sees all will reward you openly. Now you coming into prayer, you're praying in secret. He says, but he will reward you Openly, it says this in, in uh, Hebrews chapter eleven, verse number six. It says, "Those who come to God must first believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently and purposely seek Him." So, first and foremost, you got to believe that God was the one who created the heavens and the earth. Second of all, you got to understand that when you come to prayer, who are you talking? To, and you're talking to our Heavenly 
Father. Why is that important? It's important because it, he is the one who's made all things new. God himself was the one who made all things new. In fact, it says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18, again out of the Passion Translation, it says, and God has made all things new and reconciled or restored us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciliation, uh, ministry of reconciling others to God. So, God says this, he says, I'm the one, not only did I create the heavens and the earth, not only am I the one that you come to in prayer, he says, but I'm the one who made, who's made all things new. He says, I have restored you back into right relationship with me. And now that you're back in right relationship with me as a son or daughter of God, he says, now I've given you the ministry. I've given you the task to go out and reconcile others or restore others back to God. So what happens? He says, not only when do you realize that when you come to me in prayer, that, that God says I'm, that you're coming to God in prayer and, is, and you come to him in prayer in secret, but he rewards you openly. He says, but I've made all things new. And because all things are new, he says, I've restored you back into right relationship with me through my son, Jesus Christ, he says, and now your responsibility as a born again, our follower, our disciple of, of Jesus is this, go out and restore others back into right relationship with him. Now you say, what, what, well, how did God make me new? How did God make all things new? Well, God works from the inside out. He doesn't work from the outside in. He works from the inside out. In fact, it says this in John chapter three, verse three. This is Jesus talking to Nicodemus, who was a, who was one of the uh, rulers, was a rabbi, and he had came to Jesus. I call him Nick at night because he came to see Jesus at nighttime because he didn't want everybody else to see him. So he would have came to see Jesus at night. He says, "Great rabbi," he says, "No, we know nobody can do the works that you do except." God be with him. And this was Jesus' response. I'm reading down to John, uh, John chapter 3, verse 3 out of the Amplified. And that Jesus' response to Nicodemus saying to him, nobody can do the works that you do except God be with him. And Jesus said, answered him and said this, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you that unless a person is born again or anew from above, he or she can cannot ever see, know, be acquainted with, and experience the kingdom of God are God's ways of doing things. He says, I'm telling you from the very beginning, the reason why I'm telling you, 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 ha you have a new attitude, I got a new attitude, is because I, I'm understanding who I am in him. I understand who I am in Christ. I understand what it is Jesus made available to me. And the first thing he says to me that when God makes all things new, God works from the inside out. And Jesus is saying this. He says, except you be born again, unless a person be born again from anew, from above, he says, you cannot ever see, know, be acquainted with, experience, or comprehend the kingdom of God are God's 
ways of doing things. And that's why we're talking about a prayer. There is a way according to the kingdom of God to pray so that when you come in prayer, you have confidence when you pray that not only has God heard you, but you believe you receive the things that you have asked of him. Not only did we're talking about how God works, makes all things new, working from the inside out. And people said, well, what do you mean he's working from the inside out? See, when you get born again, your spirit because you are a spirit who lives in a body that possesses a soul, which is your mind, will, and emotions. And according to 1 Thessalonians 5.23, you are a spirit who lives in a body that possesses a soul. And your soul is your mind, will, and emotion. When you get born again, the Holy Spirit comes. Come, when you say, hey, Jesus, I acknowledge you as Lord of my life. Then the Holy Spirit comes moves on the inside of your spirit, taking out that old sin nature, which is the nature of sin, and replacing it with the nature of God. And guess what? When the Holy Spirit resides on the inside of you, you know where it says that God will never leave you, he will never forsake you, but he will always be with you. He That's through the person of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will be with you always. He will go wherever you go. He will see it whatever you see. He will hear whatever it is you hear. He will watch whatever it is that you watch. He will never leave you. But when he comes on the inside of you, he brings the nature of God on the inside of you, which makes you brand new. Now, when Nicodemus was asking Jesus about what do you, you know, what do you mean to be born again? Can I go back up in my mother's womb? He and Jesus said said this to him. He says, humans can, can produce only human life. He says, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. He says, so don't be surprised when I say to you, you must be born again. And I want to say that to you. Don't be surprised when somebody says you must be born again. You could go to, you know, you can, you can sit in church day after day, year after year, and never accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and, and still not be born again. You're not born again just because you get baptized if you have not made Jesus the head of your life. If you have not accepted him as the head of your life, you say, how do you know that? Because I grew up, I got born again when I was 13 years old. I grew up, my father was a pastor and I went to, I went to church. I remember getting baptized. I believed in Jesus, but I didn't know Jesus. I didn't even know God that well, but I believed that he died for me on the cross. I was baptized. Boom. I'm born again. I have the nature of God on the inside of me, but now I don't understand how do I live that life. How do I live it? I know what I I know what I heard, but how do I apply it to my everyday life? And I didn't realize that the Holy Spirit was always in me at all the time, trying to lead me and guide me and direct me. And I used to think somebody said, something told me to do this. Something told me to do that. Something told me to do this. Or something was leading me to go this way or that way. But I didn't realize at the time that it was the Holy Spirit who was on the inside of me because that old sin nature had been removed and now I got the nature of God on the inside of me. But can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, even though you may have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, if you do not renew your mind by the word of God, even though you show you got heaven is your home, you will still be living like the world are still conformed to the world's way of doing things because you have not changed your way of thinking. 
It's, it starts and ends with how you think. So he's saying, I'm going to make all, God says, I've already made all things new. What did he make new? He made you new from the inside out. Now, because of that, because you know that all things are new, you realize you couldn't do it in your own strength. In fact, you could have never earned it. In fact, Ephesians chapter two, verse eight tells us such a thing. You couldn't earn it. You can't earn this. You can't earn being born again. You couldn't do enough good to be born again. Sometimes people believe if my good outweighs my bad, that's going to get me into heaven. Or if I, if I pass out enough tracks, if I do enough deeds, if I do enough things, then that's going to make me right with God. Can I tell you this? You cannot earn your way in to heaven. All you have to do is receive the free gift because God has already made it available to you. He says it this way in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. I'm reading out a, a new, trans, new Living Translation, and it says this way, God saved you by his grace. God saved you by his grace when? When you believed. He says, and you can't take credit for this. See, grace made it available to you, but your faith was what took it. You heard what the word of God said, you believed it, and you received it. He says, so you can't take any credit for this. He said, it is a gift from God. Verse 9 says, salvation is not a reward for the good things that we have done. So none of us can ever boast about it. We can't say, I was so good. That's why God did this for me. I did this, so that's why God did it for me. God was the one who already made a decision to, to make all things new. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse, it says, while we were still sinners, while we were still uh, living a life absent from God, apart from God, he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for you and for me to give us an opportunity to receive or be restored back into right relationship with him. You says, well, why would he call this? I got a new attitude because if you don't realize what your position is with God, you will start, you will still come to God begging and pleading and crying and hoping and wishing that he's going to hear you. And he says, that's not how things operate in the kingdom of God. He says, when you get born again, when you realize that you're new from the inside out, he says, you got to understand you can't earn your own salvation. You can't earn this thing. He says, because I've already made it available to you. He says, so you have to understand who you are in me. So when you approach me, you won't be approaching God like you have no right to be there in the first place. He goes on to say this. He says, he says, I, I, you've got to have a new attitude. That's why it's called, I got a new attitude. Now that I understand that the heavenly father has already made everything new. Now that I already understand that by grace am I saved through faith, not of my works. It is a free gift from God. Now that I understand that when I come to prayer, I'm coming to prayer and I'm talking to my heavenly father in secret and he's going to reward me openly. And now that I understand that I could, that when I'm born again, when I'm born again, I can now see, comprehend, and perceive how things operate in the kingdom. I realize, and according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, I'm a new, I'm a new creature. He says this in, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. He says, if anybody is enfolded into Christ, if you are in Christ, he says, you have become an entirely 
new person. Remember that old sin nature is removed and he places the nature of God on the inside of you through the person of the Holy Spirit. He says this, he says that you're entirely new. All that is related to the old order or the old way that you live has vanished away. He says, behold, everything is fresh and new. So no, you know, there's no scripture in the Bible that says you're just an old sinner saved by grace. You were an old sinner, but now you're saved by grace through your faith in Jesus Christ. And he says, because of it, you've made all things new. But if you are still living according to the old bias of believing, I'm just a low down dirty dog. I'm not worthy. I'm just an old sinner. If you keep living by that old way of thinking that when you come to prayer, that's exactly how you're going to come to prayer. I'm not worthy. I'm the same old dirty dog. I still lie. I still cheat. I still do this. I do that. Guess what? You may still be practicing. You still may be making mistakes, but it does not mean that's the nature. You're not trying to do it on purpose because if you're truly born again, you're not going to see how close to the line you can get before you go over. You're going to do everything you can to begin to live this new life in Christ Jesus. Now, what have you found out so far? God has made all things new. What else have you found out? That he's, he works on you from the inside out. You've already found out you couldn't earn all this, but he's already made it available to you. And he says, because you're in Christ, you are brand new. Take off those old clothes. Take off those that old way of thinking. Take off that old way of living. And stop saying, you know what? I don't even refer to my old person, who I was before. Before I got born again, somebody started talking to me about what I used to do before I received Jesus, my Lord and Savior. I said, guess what? That person died, will never be resurrected. The new, the person that you see before you now, this is the new me. And this is who I'm going to be until Jesus comes back. What else did I find out? Why else do I have a new attitude? I have a new attitude because I know that I'm in right position with God. Not only did God make all things new, not only that, that am I a new creation in Christ Jesus, but he also said this. He says, and according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21, it says, for God made the only one who did not know sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God through our union with Christ Jesus. Think about it this way. I remember when I used to grow up and I was in the Baptist church, nothing against the Baptist church. I'm just telling you because that's why I knew I knew growing up that I wasn't going to, you know, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. When we all see Jesus, we'll shout for victory. But the word of God says this, he says, but I've already made you a new creation. I've already made all things new in your life. I've already made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, you're in right position with God right now. And if you receive Jesus as your Lord, for real, for real, if you receive Jesus as your Lord and you're and you're and you're living and you're allowing your life to be renewed and changed by the word of God, he says you're you're already in right standing with him right now. You you know now some people what happens is this Sometimes people mess up. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. We all say stuff we shouldn't say. We all do some stuff we shouldn't do. But guess what? He gave us 
Uh, he gave us a right to 1 John 1 and 9 to be able to come to him. Say, you know what, Lord? Don't, now, don't, don't, don't do what I did one time when I was early on. I messed up, and I sure enough knew I messed up. And you know what I did? I went to God and I was like, I'm crying. God, I don't know why. Please help me, Lord. I don't know why. I don't know why. And then I stopped. And then I said, you know what, Lord? That's not true. I do know why I did all those things. I did that because that's what I wanted to do at the time. But I don't want to do that anymore. I acknowledge that's what I did. And I ask you to forgive me. Now, I am not saying I heard an audible voice, but on the inside of me, he says, now I can do something with you. I, I said, what? He says, because until you got honest about what was going on, I was limited to what it is I can do. Because God cannot just come in your life and just bum rush your life and do whatever he wants. He doesn't. He has the power to do it, but he doesn't have the authority to do it because in the kingdom of God, God he can only do things in the earth as other people, as his people pray and invite him into the situation and into the circumstance. That's how the kingdom of God works. If you don't petition God and invite God into the situation and into the circumstances, even though he wants to, unless he can get somebody else to pray on your behalf, he has to stand by. And even though he wants to do everything, he, every answer you need for that situation to turn it around, he has to get you to ask him. That's why it says in Matthew 7, ask and you shall receive, seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. You have a new attitude because you understand who you are in him. When you realize I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I've been made new from the inside out. I can approach prayer. And when I come to prayer, I'm talking to my heavenly father. And when I know that I ask according to his will, I know he will hear me. I know I'll receive the things asked of him. I don't have to come in bed. Because by grace, am I saved through faith? I couldn't earn it. He made it available to me. All I had to do was to receive it. And because I know who I am in him, I can come boldly, according to Hebrews chapter 4, 16. I can come boldly to the throne of grace because I'm not trying to earn a right to come to him. I'm not trying to earn his love. I'm not trying to earn his compassion because he's already made it available to me and he's presented it to me. And he's like on Christmas Day, he says, baby, here's the gift. All you have to do is receive it. All you have to do is receive it. But ladies and gentlemen, can I tell you something? Unless, remember we said, unless you be born again, you can't even comprehend, understand, see God's way of doing things. How do you become born again? How do you know that you are in Christ? He says it's simply this in Galatians chapter 5 verse, I'm sorry, Galatians chapter 3 verse 26. And this is where we're going to stop. He says, how do you know you're in Christ? Well, Galatians 3, 26 says this. You all have become true children of God by faith in Jesus Christ. Faith has in, immersed you into Christ and now you are covered and clothed with his life. So now that you are in Christ, now put on Christ, put on 
righteousness. Put on that mindset. Hey, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God has made all things new. I am made new by him. I have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me, and he's he's helping to lead me and to guide me and direct me, even in my prayers. And when I come to God and I pray according to the will of God, or I come and pray according to the word of God. Open up your Bible and find out where you have a right according to, because that Bible is a contract with you and God. Open up the Bible, find out where he says you have a right to it. And you say, Father, according to your word, you said this. You said, because I seek first the kingdom of God, all these things will be added unto me. So I'm seeking first your kingdom. I believe I receive it in Jesus' name. Then you go, Father, your word says that by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. Therefore, I believe I receive. By Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. I receive it by faith in Jesus' name. And what do you do after you, after you make that declaration? God's not going to be upset with you. All you're saying back to God is what God has already said to you. Did you realize that Jesus only said what he heard God say? And he only did what he saw God do. So he, God will say it to you. When you're seeking first the kingdom of God, God will show it to you in his word. Or he'll tell it to you. And then he'll say, say it back to me. And when you say it back to him, then what do you do? You are releasing him to go to work, to bring it on, to pass on your behalf. That's what Isaiah 55 is all about. He says, my word will not return unto me, boy, but it must accomplish that which you please and prosper in the things where to you I've sent it. He said this. If you heard the word about Jesus Christ, it says this is how you get born again. He says this in Romans chapter 10, verses 8, 9, and 10. He says, the word of God is near you. It's in your heart. It's in your mouth. It's the word of faith which we preach. That if you will confess or acknowledge with your mouth the Lord Jesus, and you will believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it said you shall be saved. Now that word saved is not just mean I'm gonna to go to heaven, but that word saved means healed, set free, delivered, preserved, protected, and made whole. He says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So how do you get born again? How do you start into this new life so that you can take on this new attitude? And how do you know, hey, man, I might have been born again, but I've heard some things tonight. I want to make I want to know that I know that I know and not have confirmation biases. I want to know for sure when I go to God in prayer, I know that he hears me. How do you know? Because I'm in right relationship. I'm in right position with him. Pray this prayer with me. Confess it out. Of, say it out of your mouth. Meet it from your heart. Say it with me now. Dear Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, I do believe Jesus Christ, he is the son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sin for me. I believe he was put in the grave, but now he's risen. He's alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my life right now. Thank you for your love for me. Thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you for raising from the dead. And now I believe you're at the right hand of the Father. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, I want to welcome you into the kingdom of God, welcome you back into right relationship with him and welcome you into right position. Man, what do you got to do now? You got to get into word based church. What does that word based church mean? A word based church means a church that teaches about the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It also talks about the kingdom of God. It also talks about the love of God, because, see, God is doesn't just have love. God is is love. Did you know you only love God because he first loved you? When I found that out, man, it rocked my whole little world. It changed everything about my walk. The moment I realized that I that God loves me and I love him simply because he loved me first. When you know and believe that, it cast away all fear. Now, get in a word-based church. We're here every, uh, every Saturday at 6 p.m. Uh, Atlantic Daylight Standard Time and also 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And, you know, we have our these broadcasts are over on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn. I mean, but we also have a podcast as well. Our podcast is Ignite to Life. Ignite to Life. The QR code is up there. Ignite to Life. Ignite the number two life podcast. And you can find this message and other messages as well. You know that you can go back and you listen to it and share it with a friend and like it and subscribe. And every time we put up a video or put up a podcast, you'll be the first to hear about it. Also, we have a book out there. Now it's called uh, The Point of No Return. It's available across the Amazon uh, and Barnes and Nobles. Uh, you can get the book and everything. It's all about discovering your true identity and purpose in Christ. And man, if you if you want to support the ministry, you want to be, you know, support us and help us to take this gospel across, around the world. We love for you to do that. You can either scan the QR code or go to our our uh, website at ignitetolife.com. It is ignitetolife.com and you can click on give and you can you can sit, you know, choose how you want to be able to, you know, sow into the ministry. And it's be a, such a blessing to us. Now, on behalf of Pastor Juwin and the entire Ignite Nation, I want to thank you for joining us tonight. And remember this, you know, you are a new creation in Christ. And because you're a new creation in Christ, man, you got to have a new attitude. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Bye.